morning, everyone. Um, it's such a privilege to be starting the new year here, and especially, yeah, pastoring the evening service, but particularly um, leading the youth and helping out with young adults. Um, I just feel like this world is progressing, you know, both good and bad. There's so many big things happening, like freedom of choice and social media has just skyrocketed, and I feel like as scary as that is, if we can instill solid foundations and good moral fibers for the youth, they can be cultural shifters and shakers. Um, so that's what I'm really looking forward to this year. And, you know, I honestly think, um, I just think back to my own journey when I was 14 years old and working at KFC. I know, um, <laughs> big dreams and high ambitions from a young age. And um, it was actually that a friend invited me along to youth. And I think if it wasn't for that friend, I would never have gotten to know some incredible mentors and spiritual leaders that just took me under their wing. And you know, all throughout high school, some really heavy seasons in my life, they taught me about the love of God. And those foundations are still there today. And set me up for a great life beyond the KFC pastures. Um, <laughs> which kind of ties me into what I want to speak today, speak to you about today, which is God's heart for the lost sheep. It's the significance of seeking the lost. And I just want to start by reading in Luke 15, verses 1 to 7. If you've got your Bibles, read on with me. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Isn't that beautiful? Really this is about the extent of God's grace, God's love, and his acceptance for all people, especially the lost. And he beckons us to carry the same heart. Now, just to give you some context, back in the ancient Hebrew era, one of the main ways to make a livelihood was to be a shepherd. So losing sheep was like losing one of your short-term passive income streams. They produced milk, wool, meat, and were also used as a sacrifice to atone for sins. Because resources like water and green grass were scarce in most parts of Israel, it was actually quite um, hard to lead your sheep through rough terrain and if one went off, like the shepherds would really risk their life just to go after the one. Put your hand up if you've ever been lost before, physically. Yeah, that's a lot of people. <laughs> I will never forget when I was six years old and I was with my dad and my siblings in the city at the teddy bears picnic. And I remember the massive crowds and my dad always wore this staple outfit of blue denim jeans, a white t-shirt, and a blue denim jacket. And so I'm following the double denim through this crowd. And, and then, you know, we're walking along, walking along, and then he turns around, and it's not my dad. And I was just 
mortified. I started crying. I realized this man that looked like my dad and wasn't my dad and where's my dad and this man just picked me up, literally put me on his shoulders and carried me to the lost children's cabin where me and 30 other children were colouring in waiting for our parents to come and retrieve us. And whilst I was in that cabin, colouring in, I prayed, I was like, Lord, please don't let my dad go home without me. Like, I, like what if he just goes home and I'm not there? And what if he finds another kid and replaces me? I really thought this, I'll never forget it. And then my dad turns up and I just embrace him with the biggest hug and never wanted to let go. And all those thoughts diminished. And I think that is how the Father is with us. You know, he just embraces us with love when we realise our need for him and he takes us back in. So, there are three things that really stick out to me in this parable regarding God's grace, love and heart. And that's firstly, every human matters to God. Secondly, no love to be loved. And thirdly, rejoice in repentance and reconciliation. So firstly, every human matters to God. Notice how Jesus sees and points out the inherent value in every single sheep. It wasn't just the really fat sheep that you need to go after if it wanders off because you know they're, they're going to produce a lot of income or the sheep with the finest wool. Or nor is it that if one goes astray that's all scraggly looking and thing that it's okay to leave it behind. Like can you imagine if God said that? I just think like he said, who's that wandering off? Oh, it's bloody. Yeah, no. Leave her. She's too scatterbrained. She's always getting lost, even though I've told her a million times which way to go. You know, she's just running on island time. <laughs> and thankfully, God says that we're his prized possessions out of all creation. And he sees us as a mago day, which means made in his image. We read in Genesis 1.26, And God said, Let us make human beings out of our image to be like us. And that's important. We're called to be living in the likeness of God. To be seeing every person as a Mago day, like he does. But also to be retrieving the lost as he did. Clearly Jesus isn't referring to our physical location, but rather our spiritual position. Lost doesn't always look lost. Lost can be looking like very well put together, successful, affluent, charismatic. But Jesus makes the point that unless you're following him, you're lost. Jesus was willing to get messy and be judged just to be with the most unpopular people. Yeah, I love this. Um, when we look at Zacchaeus in the Bible, he was a chief tax collector in Jericho. And he, he was, uh, sorry, Tax collectors back then were scorned upon because the Israelites were unjustly treated by Roman law with heavy taxation laws. So the taxation laws, um, so the taxation officers were seen as oppressors, yet for social and economical security, some Israelites became tax collectors to help their families, yet they were seen as traitors to their own people. So Zacchaeus is very unpopular, yet he's known primarily for his faith in climbing a sycamore tree just to see Jesus passing through his town. And you know, Jesus spots him from afar, and he 
says, cares and must eat with you tonight. And it's beautiful because Zacchaeus meets with Jesus. And in that meeting, he's met by God's love. And his life is transformed. He becomes known for his generosity and giving half of all he possessed to the poor. He was an example of Jesus' personal earthly mission to bring salvation to the lost. Where there was oppression and greed is now transformed into generosity and kindness. It's just what God does. Jesus is the good shepherd that will go a million miles just to retrieve the one sheep that is in your life. And he calls us to do the same because every human matters to God. You know, I had a, a dear friend and she had the biggest heart for all people. And she always encouraged everyone to extend grace first and seek understanding because everyone has a story. And she was a counsellor and a psychologist and she also did a women's uh, prison ministry called Pyrus. And she was met with someone in this program who had actually committed the biggest, most horrific crime in Australia's history. Um, I won't go into the details, but basically this woman had murdered her husband in just the most horrific way. And, you know, I think we, we think of this crime and we think, oh my gosh, that is just terrible. You, you can almost put him in a box and, and, and separate yourself from, from just how, how terrifying that would have been. Um, but what this, this woman was actually diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and what isn't disclosed and what my friend had come to learn just by sitting with her, counselling her, and showing her the love of Christ was that this woman had been abused by every single man in her life. So from her dad, her brothers, to their partners and her husband. And, you know, it doesn't equate for what she did, but Jesus died for her too, so that she could be saved. And as a gift, my friend made this paddle over one Christmas and she made it for all the inmates who had attended the program. This woman cried at this kind gesture. And she told her that nobody had ever given her a gift before. She got to encounter the love of Christ through her friend and felt valued because every human matters to God. I love the description of Jesus' light in John 1 5. It says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. That light will shine through you and I when we position ourselves to seek out and retrieve the value of each person we come across. So just, I know that a lot of you here at Manly Life are incredible at extending your time and resources and, you know, I just, I know that you do that to the people that are in need. Yet I wonder if we might have people in our lives that we put in the too hard to love basket. You know, can I suggest doing one thing this week to express God's love to that person and remind you of what they matter? A simple act of kindness, could be a letter, a gift, or your time. Every human matters to God. So, how do we naturally impact those around us in a supernatural way? We have to, second point, no love to be love. Actually, I think it can be a real struggle to stay on track with loving people or reaching the heart to love. You know, it's like when some people do New Year's resolutions and here we are again at the beginning of a new year. New year, new you. 
Time to restart a few fronts, get healthier, cut out bad spending habits, binge less Netflix or whatever shows consume your free time. But sometimes it doesn't last long before we get tired and give up on doing all the right things. These are outward habits, but they start internally. It's your free will to choose your next steps each day. And each day is made anew. If we're addressing spiritual matters, then we must be anchored in the revelation of the Father's love for us. Knowing that if you ever get lost at the teddy bear's picnic, the Father will find you. <laughs> you might not have had the best Father growing up, but know this, that you were loved with an everlasting love. But it looks like that shepherd would leave the 99 sheep just to retrieve you the one. We need to know our value as children of God so that we can see the value others that Imago day. If we're anchored in God's love that it makes the conquest of helping others so much easier because we're not doing it in our own strength, but that of Christ who strengthens us. It's his Holy Spirit that strengthens us. Who knows that you can't give what you don't have? We are insatiable beings. We need to be filled up ourselves so we can reflect God's likeness from a pure heart and not obligation. You know, imagine if someone gives you a gift, right? And they're like, hey, this is for you. I got this for you. Even though I really didn't want to. It was quite a hassle, actually. It was really expensive. Anyway, I got it for you. And, you know, it's just like Christ based a lot of it. And it's like, I wouldn't want that gift. You know, I'd rather have nothing than have that gift. And I just think, um, you know, when we're pouring out to other people, we have to make sure that we're doing it from the right place, that you're uh, being loved and not being forced to love. In Colossians 3.12, it says, God chose you to be holy people he loves. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves in love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Come back to the Word. What does God say about you? Be filled with the Holy Spirit, so that the fruit of the Spirit, that are love, joy, peace, patience, that's a big one, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, self-control will always be growing in you. And so that those around you can hopefully get a glimpse of what God is like because of it. When we're going to go grab our coffee in the morning, we need to treat the barista as precious as they are loved by God, whether they know it or not. Even when we get, even if we get the order wrong and you've already far left the vicinity, this happens to damn lot. <laughs> that person is a no-go day, made in the image. When we're driving around looking for a parking spot and someone else takes it just as you thought it was yours, that person too is a mother day. <laughs> when you're at work and your boss gives you all of these jobs that seem impossible to complete before the deadline, not a mother day. Just kidding, they're a mother day. They're made in God's image and they have inherent value. I wonder if we have some really, really, really hard to love people in our lives that they might need to forgive. Don't hold on to it. Keep short accounts. A big part of knowing God, sorry, knowing love, showing love and being love is forgiveness. It's forgiving others, but it could even be forgiving yourself 
for shortcomings in the past, present, make it a habit for the future. I know for myself that I've actually, I've had to forgive my mom you know, for some really big things. I just found myself getting so, you know, my fuse was so short with her. And one day the Lord said, I want you to love her like I do. And I just, I was so convicted. And um, since that, I've, I've been able to see her, you know, through that lens that God calls us to see each other with. And it's, it's such a game changer. I mean, I still pray when she calls me now. And I'm like, Lord, fill me with your love and your patience. And, you know, and I pick up the phone and it's just, yeah, it's beautiful. Our relationship has been repaired and restored. You know, this parable shows the worst of the worst saying sorry. An embrace of love that takes place when we're being picked up and carried home with rejoicing. Which brings me to my last point. Rejoice in repentance and reconciliation. It's hard to be grateful for anything if you've got everything. There are many things that we can fill that insatiable void with, as I mentioned before in the same news resolutions. But nothing satisfies like that annoying Jesus. We won't even know that we're lost until we're found. I could have kept following that man in the double denim for much longer if I hadn't seen his face. Once you taste and see that the Lord is good, as it says in Psalm 34, verse 8, nothing compares to his love. And it tails with all the joys of those who take refuge in him. There's much to rejoice about in repentance and reconciliation. Has anyone heard of the monkey trap? No? Okay. Um, <laughs> so basically, the, in, in parts of Indonesia, there's this, um, they create monkey traps so that they can capture monkeys and train them and have them as pets. And what they do is they get um, coconuts, you know, and they put a pebble inside the coconut and make it a little hole. And the hole is big enough for the monkey to put their little hands through to grab the pebble, but then they can't take it out unless they let go of the pebble. And it's actually, like, it's mind-boggling to me because I'm like, you just need to let go of the pebble. But they're so drawn to that noise that... You know, they just, they get stuck, and then they get captured, and then they get taken away and trained to Anyway, I just, <laughs> um, they're, yeah, they're trapped by their own demise, but it's, it's a choice. They can let go, but they don't want to let go. <laughs> in, this, in this parable, sorry, that's, it's the same with, um, with unforgiveness. Like, if we don't repent or forgive, forgive others, it, it, it will be a trap, you know? This is a choice. In this parable, Jesus said that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. How beautiful is that imagery? It's like a party in heaven. In 2 Corinthians 5.11-21, talks about being God's ambassadors. I'll read from verse 15. He, Jesus, died for everyone. Stop it. Everyone. He died for everyone. So that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new creation. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to through Christ. 
and this is the call here. And God has given us this task of reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. As I mentioned at the beginning, I'm so grateful that someone came into my life and pointed me back on track, back to Jesus, because there were some heavy seasons where all I could see was darkness, and I tried to do life in my own strength, and I just know how unfulfilling that is. You know? But with Jesus, we, we bear his light, and it means we're not alone. You know, it doesn't mean that life is all rainbows and butterflies. Jesus says, you will have trials and tribulations in this life. But he has overcome this world, and he gives us his peace. He says, peace I leave with you, peace I give to you. That peace that surpasses all understanding, when we don't understand. That peace that guards our hearts and minds as we trust in him. I love that peace. I, I can truly say that peace I have experienced throughout the seasons of my life. That peace is his promise to you. In closing, I just want to read about the Good Shepherd. In Ezekiel 34, 16, the message translation says this. And I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I myself will make sure they get plenty of rest. I'll go after the lost. I'll collect the strays. I'll doctor the injured. I'll build up the weak ones and oversee the strong ones so they're not exploited. Let's take a step back and think, who do I know that needs shepherding? Who do I know that needs the love of Jesus to heal? And please don't get weird about it. Just be yourself in the spheres that you're in. You know, I think there's nothing more off-putting than crazy Christians. Um, <laughs> natural from the overflow. Um, you know, Alpha course is coming up soon, as um, as I mentioned before, and it would just be amazing that if you introduce someone, a friend, a colleague, anyone in your social circles, just to taste and see that God is for you. But you yourself might be needing some shepherding, as we all do. And yeah, just I just want to pray. Let's just. Father God, we just thank you so much for your love. We thank you that we were all lost before we found you and that you found us with an embrace of love. Lord God, I just pray that anyone here today that might need you more of you in their lives, Lord God, that you are here and you need us where we're at. You say, come as you are. So Lord, we just I just pray that we would open our arms to receive that embrace. And I also pray, Lord God, for any unforgiveness that we might have with other people, with ourselves, or even you, Lord. I just pray that you would break the bonds of unforgiveness. We pray for true repentance, Lord. Thank you that we get to rejoice in being reconciled with you. Give us the strength each day to be bearing your image, to be walking out in the likeness of the Lord. We love you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus.
back with Fred to come. If you're here, I just would love to have as, as the worship team coming to playing music. I just would love to take this time as an opportunity that if anything in this message um, touched you, if you need to forgive, or if there's someone that you're praying for for their salvation, you know, prayer is so powerful. We'd love to pray for you. Give yourself in healing for anything spiritually, emotionally, physically. We'd love to pray. And I just wanted to offer that invitation. You might not even fully know Jesus, or you could be walking in the opposite way to him. So I just wanted to an opportunity this morning just to turn back around. Thank you. 